Hello and welcome to Coil of the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse, Literal COVID Apocalypse Edition. I'm Ben, I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Gaz. Hello. We're recording on Skype, we're here, we're going to do a movie episode and we're going to talk about the 1990 classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I watched it for the first time this week. Since 1990, I think, when I went to the cinema <laughs> yeah, to watch it. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you think. One very uh-huh. quick question. I should have checked this before we fucking... Did you watch the one that had nunchucks in it? Yes. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Because this movie was heavily censored for us delicate Brits back then. Oh, fucking hell. No way. Well, remember in the cartoon, they got rid of Mikey's nunchucks in about season three, and he had a grappling hook. Oh, I don't remember that. Which is more yeah. violent, if you think about and it. remember that the Ninja Turtles were called the Hero Turtles. In they New were, yes, in the UK, reason, yeah. Our government thought that ninjas were just too much for our little British minds and as nunchucks were not even allowed in, like, cinema movies. Wow. So, Seriously? Which Bruce Lee movie is it where he does a fucking awesome nunchuck scene? Oh, fuck knows. Oh. I think it's Enter the Dragon. Yeah, in the yellow suit. But anyway, that was fucking cut and stuff and censored in the UK. For some reason, our government hated nunchucks and ninjas. Unbelievable. I Do you think it's that. because of uh, the Second World War and, and like British troops being killed by ninjas? I don't know. I just thought we were pussies or something. I don't know. But, um, it's just sad old men that don't want anyone else to have any fun. That's the problem. Uh, so they don't appreciate the coolness of the nunchuck. No. So anyway, so we've established you watched the proper version, which is good. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we did. I watched it on YouTube. Oh wow! I have several different versions of the DVD, and no, I don't have Blu-ray of this one. No, but I have. I have a box set of all three of them, and I have um, it on in a nice special edition. I like this film. <laughs> I guessed you would. I guessed you would. Okay, well, before we get into that, let's thank some new and returning listeners. Mike, so you have the new and returning listeners. Excuse me, it's been 21 degrees in the UK, and I have had a few beers in the garden this afternoon. <laughs> Fair play. It's my last day off work. Apparently it's been hotter than Ibiza here, hasn't it? Well, tell that to the neighbours. They saw me nude sunbathing. Uh, uh, okay, what we got? Louisville, Kentucky, Telford, UK, Edinburgh, UK, Beirut, Lebanon, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, Cartago, Costa Rica, Valencia, California, Iran, Algeria, uh, Norcopping, Sweden, North Richmond Hills, Texas, Omaha, New England, New Cross, UK, top three, Nairobi, Kenya. Nairobi, Madrid. Kenya, top three? <laughs> Smashing it into the top three. Oh, we're big in Kenya. Desperately resisting the urge to do the accent. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, because you only have one accent, Gaz. It's Wakandan. (laughs) Uh, Wakanda forever! 
There you go. You did it anyway. <laughs> number two, Spain, Madrid. And number one, Portageville, Missouri. Wow. Hello to you, Missouri. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Especially Kenya. We're big in Kenya. Wow. Mm. We're probably not, because I don't think there's one of us is six foot. So we're probably not big in Kenya. Uh, Mara, 5'11". We're all around about the 5'11", aren't we? 5'11 uh, and a half. Don't forget that half. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure the difference. Well, I'm 5'10". Well, short ass. <laughs> <laughs> Still more Aryan, though. Can't quite cut the mustard. Still more fascist. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, I hear you say that about your local politician. <laughs> say what I want. Yeah? How you, as a local politician... How dare you tell him what he can and can't say? Well, you know, well, he's just scum, isn't he? You know. (laughs) 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 Oh, my views don't represent, don't accurately represent my actual views. (laughs) 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 Fuck. Okay. My views on the podcast don't represent my actual views. Still that out there. It's all for comedic effect. Weird news? Yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. I'll start this one. £135.8 million million fighter jet accidentally shoots itself and causes 2.5 million in damage. Oh dear. Yeah. It's going to say it's AI, isn't it? No, it's this is the uh, F35 which is the last probably going to be the last piloted by humans and well, computer so it weapon systems. It, it didn't shoot itself, did it? The dickhead pilot shot himself. Yeah, but he kind of counts as being the plane in this scenario. All right, okay. Because it's like he's in charge. Okay, I'll accept that. So earlier this month, a Marine Corps F-35B Joint Strike Fighter shot itself by mistake during a training mission at the Human Range Complex in Arizona, United States. How did it do this? No one has a clue. Not only is it arguably a tiny bit embarrassing, but the faux pas has caused an eye-watering $2.5 $2.5 million worth of damage. Ooh. Yeah. Adding salt to the wound, the F-35 is reportedly one of the most expensive weapon systems to have ever been built. The whole program is thought to have cost around $1 trillion. Wow. Yeah, there's people starving in that country. And imagine what you could have accomplished with a trillion dollars. Just, well, just could- free to spend... We could end poverty in the country, mate. Easy. Could have had fucking mech Gundam suits, Mike. Never mind ending poverty. Yeah. Cancelled all student debt, medical debt. Could have done a fucking lot with that. Sent everyone to university. But instead yeah. they build fucking useless planes. Well, not useless. No, they're not useless. But... They look cool as fuck. And they're really good at killing people. <laughs> they're not useless. Bombing weddings in Saudi Arabia. Not no, Saudi Arabia. no, that's the drones. Don't blame the plane. That's the drones. <laughs> the Navy has since branded the ordeal as a um, Class A accident 
Uh, usually someone dies, but apparently the pilot ejected and say, I don't know, he didn't. He, he phys- went physically unharmed and managed to safely land the jet like a badass. Wow. But still, he shot himself <laughs> yeah. in a jet fighter. That's awesome. Fucking you know. Well, I bet he got a bit of a bollocking, didn't he? Thank Why God that fun? wasn't the last porno you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, shit, he won't shut up. There we go. Sorry. That was an mm. article on my phone starting up for the next one. Oh, it's still going. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. Fucking comedy of errors. <laughs> it is, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I am a fucking Luddite, though, you know that. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> I've recently smashed a mill. A mill? A mill, yeah. yeah. That's what they did, wasn't it? They smashed all the, the looms and the mills. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, that was a historical joke. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but probably about 0.1% of our listenership will get. Well, the guys in Nairobi won't get it. Well, only two-thirds of the hosting team knew what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault, My I'm pitching my historical jokes too high. <laughs> <laughs> too lofty. <laughs> oh, next one, then. Should we, should we do the next Weird News article? <laughs> yes, it's my turn on Mike, sorry. Mike, it's Mike up first. It's Mike, isn't it? Sorry. Usually, we could swap it around if you like. No, 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 it's me being thick. Sorry, Mike. No worries. Ex-Trump aide called Fauci father of COVID and suggests he helped China genetically engineer virus. Wow. Well, I heard from the director of the CDC, the ex-director that was director at the time of the outbreak, he now thinks that it came from the lab. Did he personally tell you that, Mike? Because you said, like, oh, I heard from the... Director of the CDC. Well, no, I saw it on the news. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I've got to call Mike at this news. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast is the first to be informed. <laughs> it <laughs> is. I've got to call the guys who come to the ball. <laughs> so anyway, he said that. Wow. It's a possibility, isn't it? Because he said that it was so infectious that he's never seen a virus jump from an animal to a human that is that infectious amongst humans. So it only takes time for the virus to mutate and, and change and get used to being in a different body than the animal it's used to. I will. All right. I agree that this COVID is like a really infectious disease and everything. And it is infectious. It goes through people like wildfire. But. I, I don't think it's as deadly as they say. It's got a 1.9% mortality rate, and it seems to be people who have underlying conditions that die, and I think that just represents how unhealthy we are as, as a society. I maintain, let the vulnerable shield. Hold on. We're getting, we're getting an echo from you, guys. I don't think that's on my end. Somebody okay, must have it's, it's stopped now. It's stopped now. So it must have been me then, on my end, but it stopped. Go on. I don't know what I was on about. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, buddy. Okay, a former aide of Donald Trump has blamed Dr. Fauci for the pandemic, labelling COVID-19 as the Fauci virus. 
yeah. and suggesting the infectious disease expert was involved with China in genetically engineering the infection that has claimed millions of lives worldwide. I'd say it was pretty deadly, Ben. It's deadly, but <laughs> if you've got an underlying health condition, it's even more deadly. But we have like a really unhealthy population, same as America. That's why our, that's why Britain and America have had the highest fatality rate. Yeah, we are an unhealthy society. That's there's no arguing that. You know the the Europeans, the, you know the, the Japanese, the Koreans. They've had a lot less uh, fatalities than us because of their, their diet and their their health is better. We're a completely unhealthy society. And that's why we got so many people with underlying health conditions. That's why it's fucked them. Yeah, but we could be sitting here with the same fatalities as New Zealand, which is about 25, isn't it? We could, and I I fully agree with that as well, that the precautions were not taken. You know, Precautions not taken? You have to be said that people were going to die. Yes, you <laughs> did. I remember TV. that. And said that your loved ones will die early because I'm choosing not to do anything. He said we're going to take it on the chin, Mike. Take it on the chin. <laughs> and then he called it himself a cunt. Uh, and yeah, almost died. And what did he do? He took it on the chin. Exactly. He almost died. He went to intensive care for days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Boris. He just shrugged it off, would he? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I hope the cunt's impotent now. I doubt it, mate. He's fucking just had a four-year affair. <laughs> Before knocking that bird up, who's with now? So no, he's not. He's he's very potent. Bless him. That's pretty much it. He thinks that obviously he's in, he's um, colluding with China. Yeah, apparently with American taxpayer dollars. Well. That's what them dollars are for. <laughs> well, if you're not drone striking weddings in Yemen, what are you doing with it? Exactly. Uh, okay, should we move on? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Gaz, this is picked for you and uh, my fa- one of my favourite recurring characters over oh. the course of the three years we've been doing this shit. Yeah, go on. Old listeners will know our feelings towards this man. And finally, Yuri Geller urges you to use mind power at exactly 11.11 to shift the Suez Canal ship. No, fuck you, Yuri Geller, because nothing is going to happen. But didn't it get freed? It did recently, but that was not through Yuri Geller's mind power. Can you empirically prove that? Probably. (laughs) Okay, right. Well, he's got a decent track record with cutlery. But now Yuri Geller wants you to help him free the ship wedged in the Suez Canal. The Spoonbender reckons <laughs> dislodge the stricken ship blocking the canal by using their minds. The veteran psychic has called for people to help him bend the 200,000 ton vessel and set it free. An operation maritime experts say could take weeks using conventional methods. He wants everyone to visualize the ship moving at 11.11 a.m. And 11.11pm on Saturday. Why those specific times? Because he's a prick. (laughs) (laughs) A tension-seeking bellend is what he is, Mike. The 74-year-old said, We can do this with mind power energy. It is possible to move the ship. Let's go for this. No, it's not. 
He looks fucking good for 74. Well, yeah, he's fucking loaded. That's why from spilling shit like this. Hmm. Well, he says, Yuri says, sorry, collective brain power, pronouns, pal, can shift the container giant ever given. In a video message to readers, he said, billions of dollars are lost every day from other ships trying to cross. We are going to believe in ourselves. We will try this. I believe in your powers. We're going to try to move it with our minds. Yeah. I don't need to read the rest of this. He didn't fucking move it with his mind. <laughs> fucking tugboats and diggers, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Tugboats, diggers and engineering. I did like that theme that was going round. You know who Fred Dibner is, don't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was something like three workmen, a couple of diggers and 20 woodbine. Fred Dibner would have had that out a week last Thursday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the listeners, you don't know who Fred Dibner is? Fred Dibner. You should probably spell his surname because it's hard to... Um, D-I-B-N-A-H, I think, isn't it? But basically, yeah, just like an old-fashioned... Uh, everything really an engineer um, an architect a steeplechase a demolitions um, expert was he a demolitions expert as well he, did everything, mate. he rebuilt steamroller engines he's just a just a fucking a dying or a dead breed they don't exist no more yeah. men like him but anyway yeah look him up listener if you've never heard of him and you like a bit of man stuff like not porn um, <laughs> it's porn for some people, Gaz. Fred Dibner blowing up a chimney. It's porn for some people. The other type of man stuff, engineering, that kind of thing. Moving on. Ninja yeah. Turtle. Ninja Turtles. So, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtle or Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Ninja title, of course. 1990. 6.8 on IMDb. That's an incredibly high score for IMD. IMD. Yeah, that's a decent, that's a decent score in it on IMDb. Yeah, anything over five is a good score, basically. And then you can oh. consider anything like in the sixes and sevens and eights as like a great score, in my opinion. Um, I'd say I'd say six and above was decent. Sevens and eights are like the really good films. Yeah, a little, little different, but yeah. I, I deviate slightly. Um, Mike, I know you haven't seen it, but Gaz, have you watched a Snyder Cut yet of Justice League? Have. You have? I, have. I think it's a very good miniseries, but a really fucking overly long movie. I didn't mind the length. It would uh, <laughs> you never do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. It has not bore Mike too much. I just feel that if there was a little bit less slow-mo, it could have easily been three hours long. Fuck me. <laughs> that man was slow motion and big, heavy sounds while it's going slow. But yeah, I fucking loved it. Pissed all over the two-hour version. Completely Absolutely. different thing. Different tone, different everything. Batman completely, completely different movie. Completely different yeah. movie. Worth a go, Mike, if you can find it online. Mm, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the original one? I did, actually. Out? I did. Mike said he going to like that movie. I said it was all right, actually. I was quite... I thought okay, it was all then. right. So this one is that with all the shit comedy taken out and lots more explanation and backstory and all of a sudden Cyborg is the most interesting character you've ever seen. Ah. And he, gets, he says Booyah in the first cut. That's basically it. Yeah, that's pretty much all he says, yeah. 
In, in this one, he's like the most important person on earth besides Superman, I suppose, and Batman, I guess. He's up there. Mm. Anyway. It just adds more backstory to everybody. It does, yeah. But It gives but, everyone something to do. But punts is like fucking Batman and Cyborg. We're here to talk about fucking hardcore Teenage Mutant Ninja. Mm. Guys, I'll have you know that Batman has, for a matter of record, beaten the fuck out of all four Ninja Turtles I've at the same that. time. I've seen that movie and it made me fucking angry. <laughs> <laughs> Leo got his own back on him in training later in the film. I was like, that is some bullshit. Or like, if we go forward like 10 years and they're not 15 anymore and they're 25, they'd fucking cut his stupid little human fucking head off. I'm little. sorry, Batman is the most skilled martial artist in the DC universe, mate. I'm sorry, it's... Yeah, but the turtle dying in the DC universe, he's not much... Shredder kicked the fuck out of him. What do you Only think? because he used that chi attack. What the fuck do you think Splinter would have done to him? Fuck Batman. Anyway. Oh, well, in this movie, Splinter's just a fucking rat that copied his master. Yeah, it's probably because it was 1990, Ben, and like they, they didn't have the capabilities of making a, a rat do kung fu. <laughs> well, this film was the second highest grossing independent film of all time. It was, wow. it was the ninth highest grossing film worldwide of 1990 and the most successful film in the series until the 2014 reboot. Mm. Not bad going. No. Did you notice what's the very opening shot of the movie? Tell us. The, literally the opening shot, the World Trade Center. Oh, it was? Yes. Yeah. I love the way this film starts. I actually really like the way this film was filmed. Well, it gets a lot of shit for that, but they had, didn't have a choice. They had to be shot as darkly as possible because they're fucking rubber suits. Yeah, they didn't have a very high budget either, only 13.5 million, which for 1990 wasn't great. Bright, if you brightly light these things, they're just going to look so much less convincing. And Plus, the original comic was dark. It was dark and gritty. and it was, like, yeah. The cartoon is a complete bastard. The cartoon is its own thing that was created to sell toys, and it worked. It worked on all of us, didn't it? The original comic book is full of murder and darkness and shadows. See, I've, and... See, I've never read the comics when I've seen the cartoon. I used to love the cartoon. Oh, man, me. Oh, man, me. Who was your favourite, Mike? Probably Donatello. <laughs> I you going to say that. Because he was a science guy. Yeah, and mine was Mikey, because he was a party dude. Mm. <laughs> Let me guess, Ben, you wanted to be Leo, the leader. Yeah, did you? Of course you fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a way, the turtles basically just programmed us for roles in society. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, of course, Donatello had the best weapon. Well, the staff. Yeah. yeah. I'd say it was a- on the, all the classic, uh, which are ultimate classic uh, arcade games, uh, the Turtles games, which arcade fans will know are up there with the best of the best. Donnie was always your best choice because he had much longer reach. That's it. That's it. They can't get near you. Mm. But then a sword, though. A sword's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Sword second, isn't it? Yeah. Two swords, though. I Two think swords. I still have a stick, mate. You've got the reach. But I've got a straight lunge. You could beat that stick every time. 
Oh, I'll just tap you on the head, mate, and you, you'll lose balance and you're on the floor. Oh, right. Okay. Well, tell you what, Mike, I'll meet you at dawn. You bring <laughs> your stick and I'll bring two swords. Let's see this goes down. All right, then. <laughs> see, I know I'll win because Mike will never get up at dawn. <laughs> Can I just say that? I'll I still be up at dawn. That's so I'll be fine. You'll be yeah. tired. <laughs> I've got the. Um... The movie running in the background, and it's just got to the bit. You know, the police commissioner who's got the most wonderful New York accent. Oh, yeah. It cuts to him having a go at April in the off, and he's like, Bust in my chops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so in the beginning of the film, April O'Neill is seen doing a new cast on the sudden wave of crimes. <laughs> a newscast. Right. It is reported that these robberies of all kinds are happening suddenly and without warning and without witnesses. She also notes that most witnesses only catch a glimpse of the robber, who seems to be a teenager all the time. Yes. The ninja crime wave. As April leaves the Channel 3 news building, she's attacked by a group of the juveniles after witnessing them stealing equipment. Raphael Sai is then thrown into the streetlight. This is uh, the first introduction we get to the turtles. I love how you don't see them. I mean, this is purely for budgetary reasons. This isn't like cinema making reasons. This is like, yeah, we'll do this scene in the dark and just play some sounds, but it works. <laughs> yeah, we just see a green hand throw a sigh. Uh, which throws in the streetlight, and then the four turtles defeat and tie up the attackers, saving April. And they return the sewers just as the NYPD arrive. But Raphael forgets to retrieve his sigh, which he does not like. April puts it in her purse, interfering with the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't let that get in the way of a good story, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ninja crime wave. Ninja crime wave. You need ninjas to defeat it, clearly. Yeah. The turtles are then seen walking home through the sewers, celebrating their victory. They meet with Splinter to discuss the outcome of their first fight on the surface. So this is like their first ever battle. Yeah. And they've they've trounced it. Um, but while like Splinter's there going, be a ninja, don't be seen, meditate on the events of the evening, Michelangelo's ordering pizza, and then they just start dancing. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tequila tune. Yeah, um, but Raphael, because he's a moody bastard, is disgusted. Can you remember how you felt? Because I was obsessed with the cartoon and the yeah. toys. Do you remember how you felt when you first saw them like this live action, like when they're revealed finally? It's like holy fuck! I wish I did, mate. I wish I did, but I can't. I mean, I guess it would be just me thinking. I won't be able to remember, but I, I know it blew my fucking face off. I remember before I'd seen it, staring at pictures in the newspaper and stuff, like promo stuff, mm. just staring at it like, how have they done this? I remember the cartoon more than the film, if I'm honest. Yeah. Oh, man. I was obsessed with this movie. I had a pirated puppy. I was very lucky as a 10-year-old in the UK to have a pirated copy of this on VHS from way before we'd done our cinemas. Because I was such an obsessive, my dad 
sourced it through somebody at work. Let's just um, go through a second what it takes to get a pirated copy in 1990. Exactly. Well, it, it means be- that someone literally went to the cinema with a video recorder. No, no, no. A camcorder. No, because no, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. I think it's literally somewhere at the somewhere along the chain, somebody makes a VHS copy of the film print somehow. Somebody in the studio or somebody like that just trying to be dodgy. Yeah. Or and in the that, distribution. Probably more like in yeah. a distribution. And then that yeah. spreads around the world like back then. I don't know, I'm just guessing. But yeah, it would have been like like ninety one, I think. Yeah. And it was a I had it on a VHS from one of my dad's mates at work. Come on. Wow. Yay for piracy. (laughs) So Raphael is disgusted at the immaturity of his brothers. And uh, he goes off alone to see a movie, Critters. He's always going off on his own, Raph. Every film he does this. (laughs) Yeah. After the film, he witnesses a couple of perch snappers and perch snatchers and intervenes. Their one look at his one remaining size sends the would-be crooks running and they escaped in the local park where they're ambushed by Casey Jones. Is he for the film or what? I don't remember yeah. him in the comics. He's from in, the com- in, the, uh, in the animation. He's from the comic books. He was 100% in the toy line. I cannot remember if he was in the actual cartoon, but he definitely was in the toy line because I had the figure and it came with the golf bag, golf clubs and everything, and he was in yeah. the comics. He's a pretty cool character, in all fairness. I mean, he's got a he's got the baseball bat, he's got a hockey stick, he's got the hockey mask, he's got a golf club. I think in the... I don't think they mention it in the movie. Or maybe they do. No, I think him and April have a conversation about it. But he's like, kind of like a failed hockey player, isn't he, I think? Through in something like that. Honestly, don't know. Yeah, mm. I think that's the thing. That's where the hockey mask comes from and the... Yeah, but he's just a bad as fuck vigilante, basically. He was just out there looking for twats to hit with his twat bat. Yeah, and to be fair, he um he does uh kind of beat up Raphael. He does. With a cricket bat. Cricket. Yeah. Oh, a cricket bat, yeah, of course. Well, cricket the bat. cricket bat. Let's face mm-hmm. it. The cricket bat is superior to like a baseball bat, let's face it. I've often thought if I was, well, fantasised, if I was a professional wrestler in the WWE, obviously they'd make a thing of me being British, and I would not wield the traditional baseball bat. I would cave people's heads in with a cricket bat. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, what would your name be, though? Oh, I've got my character. I've had my character for years, mate. The educated uh, uh, Backstory back is, I'm a football hooligan with a bit of natural intelligence who was cherry-picked to go to uh, a posh university, got the education, but then decided he wanted to go back to the streets, but he didn't find fulfillment there, so then entered the field of uh, professional fighting. I, uh, Where does a cricket bat come into that? Because I'm a hooligan, isn't it? I fucking cave his gun. Yeah, like when he's losing, he'll grab the cricket bat from the ring. Hey, listen. I studied on the streets and in college, so I'll leave gaps in your teeth, but not... <laughs> Oh. So you're a, you're a football hooligan, so uh, I just wondered whether cricket bat came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can't you be a cricket hooligan? <laughs> when, they, when football violence was happening, they were like, oh, we can only use football-related items. <laughs> <laughs> I'm armed with a shin pad. <laughs> I, think, I think you should have been a cricket hooligan. 
No, it makes perfect sense, Mike. You're overthinking it. I know. (laughs) I'm just being pedantic for the sake of it. Sorry, guys. It's okay. My idea survived with scrutiny. I like to think that also the educated hooligan would use a cricket stump to the eye. (laughs) And he'd he'd look cool as fuck because nobody in America dresses like that. Yeah. Fed Perry Ah, shirt. Or a croquet croquet stick. You'd look cool as fuck. You'll work, the educated hooligan. I love it. Anyway. Anyway, So Raphael returns home that night after being called a freak by Casey. He runs into Splinter, who then discusses Raphael's anger with him and tells him not to alienate himself from his brothers. Mm. And listen, if I do impressions of Splinter, it's not racist because the bloke who played Splinter wasn't Japanese, he's, he's a black fella. Well, okay, but well, I just like I just always think he used that as an excuse. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What do you think of Splinter in this movie? He was all right. You, you could tell he was a Jim Henson puppet, though, couldn't you? They did yeah, yeah. better. Well, while we're yeah. on Jim Henson, do you know how their faces work? I don't. With a hand? Complex as shit, mate. This is so advanced for its time. It's a dude in a suit with a robotic, incredibly heavy robotic head on, which is all those expressions a radio controlled by like two or three guys sitting there with this bank of computer equipment. Remember it was 1990 and those giant levers and shit like, so it's all a coordinated thing between the stunt performer within the suit doing the moves and the body language. And then the guy with this big complex array of fucking levers and things like ones for the eyebrow, ones for the left top lip, ones for the right top lip, ones for the bottom, you know, all that, like, trying to match it to the body language and get this like cohesive performance, which is like brought together through like puppetry, robotics, stunt performance, like costume making, everything. It's a fucking marvel, mate. Yeah. Of fucking movie making. I thought the adult splinter was good, but I thought the splinter when he was just a rat, that was a bit bad when he attacked him. And it... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit yeah. Thank you though, mate. <laughs> hey. It wouldn't have been in 1990, though. That's true, yeah, yeah. No CGI. No. No, I mean, this is 1990. Terminator 2, 91? Yeah. Obviously, you had a massive, huge budget compared to this. Yeah, I'm not saying CGI didn't exist, but it's certainly... Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. The the effects for this are great. I love the effects in this. I think it's really well filmed. All practical. What I love is just the fact that it's this... You have to have a look online. There is behind-the-scenes stuff. You will not believe the bank of shit, just the giant machinery that involved just to make these faces move. Wow. Or radio control. And there's funny stories about, like, the guys in the suits, like, say, the radio, because it's radio controlled, they'd start picking up, like, local taxi services and stuff coming in (laughs) through the the middle of scenes and that. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) But, yeah, fucking awesome. So, in the morning, April is seen in her apartment with her boss, Charles Pennington. I never quite got the feeling, are they together or not? No, I, I get the impression it's kind of a fatherly, daughterly kind of... I, he definitely cares about her, but I don't think it's sexual. Uh, so, she's telling him about her attack on the previous night. And after an interview with the NYPD Chief Stearns on TV, Easy. Raphael follows her into the subway to retrieve his missing sigh. But the Shredder had always had already sent several members of the foot 
to silence April. So this is where we encounter the foot and shredder now in this part mm-hmm. of the movie. Shredder looks badass. He does look good in this film, yeah. Yeah. And the foot for this is in our cartoon in the in the UK, I think. Mm. Probably in America too. They were androids, weren't they? Yes. Now I'll take this opportunity. Do you know why they're called the Foot Clan? Because it was something to do with the Hand Clan already existed. Daredevil. Well, the entire That's it, thing. Daredevil, the Hand. Yeah. Now, this is fact. Like the creators have said this, um, Eastman and Laird. This was a direct response to um, Frank Miller's Daredevil in the eighties. He was doing a very dark, violent run on Daredevil, which is all about ninjas and the Hand. And what was the, the series for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And what is the name of Daredevil's teacher? Stick. Um, stick, yeah. yeah. Where's the splinter come from? Ah. The whole thing was a reaction to, like, fucking hell, this guy writes dark-ass comics, doesn't he? What if these ninjas were, like, I don't know, a turtle? Ah. It all started as a piss-take of Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. And wow. they had no fear it would turn into one of the world's, has to be one of the world's most profitable and long-running franchises. Really, it has to be. Maybe not long-running, but profitable. Yeah, when did the comics start? Ooh, mid-80s, mid to late 80s. And then it sort of, they were literally two guys living together, Eastman and Laird. Uh, they borrowed money to make like 200, like I, I'm making that number up, but they made a very limited run of, like, however many they could afford to print. And it just went bang to the point where, like, I think something like 10 issues in, they were, like, they were making deals to sell toys. And then the company that wanted to sell the toys said, no, you need a cartoon on TV so kids mm. know about it. And they then said, but, like, it can't be all this dark ninja murder shit. Jesus Christ. Because in the comics, they don't eat pizza. So these, like, marketing guys were like, oh, we'll give them different colours. They all wore the same coloured headband. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, we'll give them a, a character and a, a different colour to denote their character, and they love pizza, and they're wacky now. And, and uh, yeah, boom. Yeah. Cartoon was 86, wasn't it? 86. Was it that early? 86. Jesus. I think so. Comic- uh, I think we may have got the, the cartoon after the film. 86, 88, maybe. In the no, UK. I think I, 90, I think we're talking... We'd have been at junior school, mate, if you really think about it. Yeah, but I was seven do- years old was the film. We're seven, me and you guys are seven when the film comes out. I think yeah. that we're going to, like, I yeah, don't know, like 91, I, 92. I think we got the cartoon after this. 87. 87 to 96. So there you go. Oh. Think, about think about it, though, because you're thinking with your 2021 head on. Yeah, this film existed before the cartoon, but you wouldn't have had access to it unless you went to the initial cinema release until True. two, three years afterwards. You'd have had two or three years of TV exposure to the Yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before before the home video came out. So So when uh, the home video came out like a year later. We were already fucking obsessive Turtles fans. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, so anyway, sorry, that all started with me saying that's why the foot are called the foot, because it's a piss take oh, of the yeah, hand. Yeah. But also, like I it. would always recommend watching that Daredevil series on Netflix, because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And can I ask where Kang is in the film? Because he's in the series, isn't he? Is he in the comic books as well? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. He appears in the comic books, I believe. I don't know how 
I don't know if he'd appeared much later on. But um, I think he's a late he, character. He's he not appear in any of the films. The first original three, no. In the modern Michael Bay produced ones, he's in the second one, and he's actually quite. They do a pretty good job of it. He's got a giant oh. robo suit. It's pretty fucking cool, actually. If you can get past the CGI turtles, yeah. Uh, the fact that they're now six foot tall and hench. Well, you see, I was going to point this, bring this into is like, how strong are these turtles? Because at the start, in their start fight, they're just smacking out and smacking the shit out of human teenagers. Or how comparatively strong is a turtle? Well, I believe they have mutant strength and they're a lot stronger than your average human. And they have their their ninja skills. But I think the point of this movie is we're meeting them very... I mean, they're like 13, 14, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So they're not even fully grown yet. So the biggest turtle, Gaz, was two and a half metres and 140 stone. (laughs) Wow. Real-life turtle, yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So they are massive... Yeah, you got to think of it that way. These, are, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like you and me going out, and there could be a thirteen-year-old who's really good at like, like taekwondo, but like the three of us could fucking overpower him and murder him, couldn't we? Yeah, and the armored shell. Do you know what that's made of? Bone. No. Yeah, it's fifty bones fused together. Jesus, that's awesome. So they're fucking hard as if, if they did yeah. have six-foot turtles, they'd be hard as fuck. And you know when they do that move where two of the turtles, like, you're in between them and they go shell to shell and, like, bang, squash you between their shells? Yeah. That could, like, literally sure everything inside. You could, <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. That would literally blow apart your fleshy meat sack of a body. <laughs> they could ask someone needs to do a dark-ass version where they're murdering huh? shit out of people like that. They just take over the world like Dark Superman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They're still doing this, aren't they? They're still doing the comics as the, the last Ronin comics. Mm. Where yeah. there's one turtle left and the foot have killed all oh, the brothers yeah. apart from one. I'm not going to do a massive spoiler and say who it is. In case, but um, mm. one turtle's left and he's like just hell-bent on vengeance. Mm-hmm. And he's got all the weapons and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I love it. Uh, no, sorry. Back to the uh, synopsis. Where are we? So, April being attacked by members of the foot. Uh, she's jumped by Raphael. Uh, so, he's jumped and Raphael comes to a rescue after retrieving his sigh. He then carries April back to the sewers, but did not know he was followed. Now, when April wakes up, she's told the story of the turtles past by Splinter. And this is their origin story montage, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where Splinter was a rat who watched his master train in in ninjutsu, and he copied the moves and therefore became a master in his own right. Yeah, I definitely prefer the cartoon explanation where he was a man who got mutated into a rat. Yeah, that does make more sense, in all fairness. <laughs> does it? It it does, yeah, because I, I was thinking, like, well, if it's a, if it's a, a ninjutsu master who gets this, this mutagen on him and becomes a rat, then that's fine. But if it's just a rat who learn, who starts copying his, his owner's moves and becomes a, a master by default and then gets the mutagen on him, I'm not so down with that. I don't think it's a realistic. 
You're more realistic of a man turning into a rat. The rat turning into a man, yes. The rat doesn't turn into a man, it just turns into a talking giant rat. But he learns to speak too. I think that's more believable than a man. Why would a man turn into a rat? We've got <laughs> nothing in common with a rat. Because he loses, he touches the mutagen, then touches a rat, and that's how he becomes a rat. Is that, um, is that the explanation? And why is it mutagen? Because what happens in Daredevil? Because that truck tips over and spills all the shit into the sewer. Do you want to hear a little how the two series are linked? Even Go though on. they're in. I know, but tell me anyway. It's the same canister. It is. Uh-huh. And it's all set in New York, ain't it? It is, yeah, yeah. In a shitty part of New York. Yeah. The splinter turns into splinter. Yeah. Uh, the rat turns into splinter, just say. What about the turtles? He finds the turtles and they're crawling in the stuff and then he takes them home. He can't leave them there. He names them and, they, and as soon as they start growing, because they start growing at an accelerated rate, uh, he starts training them in ninjutsu. Yeah, man. I'm just watching the scene where Raph fights the Foot Clan on his own on the roof. Oh, yeah, that's a cool scene, man. That is a good scene. Fuck me. These stunt guys are awesome. April's seen her apartment with her boss, who tells about her attackers on the previous night. After an interview with these Chief Stearns, um, Raphael follows her to the subway to retrieve his missing sigh. But the Shredder's already sent several members of the Foot to silence April. She's jumped, and Raph... Uh, Comes to a rescue. I've already done this bit. Do apologise. <laughs> Casey Jones yeah, comes in. Her, don't they? That's pretty harsh. Oh, yeah. He gets twatted right in the mush. Yeah. So when April wakes up, she's told the story of the turtles past. She's then introduced to Leonardo, Michelangelo, Dantelli and Raphael. Uh, but they've been followed back. By yeah. a passenger. He was seen peeking into their home like a like a fucking peeping Tom weirdo with tights over his head and goggle eyes. <laughs> That's basically what a ninja is. <laughs> yeah, but this dude looks like they've cut a ping pong ball in half and put either either <laughs> half to his eyes and then put some tights over his head. Yeah, it was a bit of a daft look, wasn't it? Just saying. <laughs> you know? Wasn't there a fly man in the series? Baxter or something. Baxter Stockman. He's a scientist. Yeah. Mutated into a fly. Oh, man, I, I just remember Bebop and Rocksteady, and then didn't they do a, a, a crossover with the Street Sharks? No, I, don't, I think the Street Sharks were just a, a blatant rip-off, weren't they? I don't know. They may have done a crossover at some point. Mm. The turtles take April home where they have pizza, and, uh, and they just tell jokes, and I all think they kind of hit on her. Yeah. Are they really hit on her? Consider there's only one pizza and no booze. They're all like really up for banging her. And maybe they do and we don't see it in the film. Well, they're a bit stuck, aren't they? There's no female mutant turtles. Oh, God, we don't talk about her because there is one. <laughs> oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. She wasn't that popular. Do you no, ever I... see... There was a live-action TV series. Uh, I think it lasted, like, one season, maybe two. Yeah, it was, like, the last death knoll of the original run of the Turtles, and they introduced a female called Venus. She uh-huh. had lady turtle bumps. She had no arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. She had no arms, but she had tits. 
Designed by a man, I'm sure. <laughs> of course, guys, it's a terrible, terrible patriarchy. We love the patriarchy. Of course we do, we're part of it. I'm all up for the day, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am being sarcastic to any new listeners. I don't hate trans people, and I don't love the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, it's all comedy, don't worry, never take anything we say seriously. So... When the turtles leave April Sales, presumably after all gangbanging her, they return to their home to... What? No, they haven't got cocks. We don't know that. Maybe they pop out. I don't know what a turtle's dick looks like. <laughs> so down in the movie, there's nowhere for the cock to come out. Well, I'm just saying, maybe they just left that out. I don't know. So they find their home sabotaged and Splinter missing. The turtles are outraged and return to April's home and stay there until they can hear more about Splinter's location. Because she, she says, look, guys, I'm a news reporter. If anyone's going to find anything out, it's going to be me. Well, that's a job, isn't it? No, exactly. I'm not, I'm not you know, just, it's a good plan. <laughs> you know, and it keeps all those four mutated turtles who know ninjutsu in her, in her apartment. That's good. Yeah. That's a hell of a story. <laughs> Let's face it, she just you know she's she's a cynical news journalist. She's yeah. gonna keep these guys until her career wanes and then release it all. Yeah. So after April's boss is blackmailed by the Stearns, the, the chief stern of the police, so that's because of his delinquent son who's one of the guys doing all this horrible, horrible crime. He goes to April's house and he says, Look, don't Fuck about with Stern. Yeah? Don't don't message Chief Stern. Don't do nothing. Don't say nothing. Be fine. But he does she does that anyway. She she, she completely ignores that warning and takes another stab at him. Now back in the apartment, Raph is angry that the turtles are doing nothing to say Splinter, so he goes to the rooftops to vent his anger and do some sweet karate moves on his own. Uh, yeah. He does. That kind of stuff. He then gets jumped by the Foot Clan, and you know he's like he 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 just put up a good fight, doesn't he? He's like, oh man, what are you gonna do? I'm I'm beating half of you guys up. Yeah, that's what you're gonna do because there's fifty of you showed up. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. He's kicking shit out of him at first, but this scene shocked me as a child because you know. What happens to him next? His lifeless body. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He gets kicked through the rooftop window because they're all like, ah, should we go and get Raph? And he's they're like, nah, nah, he's, he's a moody bugger. We are right on his own. He's, he yeah. does this a lot. And then he's like thrown down through the, his lifeless body is thrown through a window. Yeah. Pretty sad. <laughs> It is, yeah. I remember that part shocking me as a kid because you don't, you don't want to see your heroes getting brutally beaten and thrown through a window. It's a bit yeah. harsh, isn't it? Yeah. And they they did something really like clever as well, like, I suppose, because it's just a, a suit. When there's a man in it, it, you know, it looks like a man in a suit. But like if you take the man out, then it it just goes all fluffy, like it's dead, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's clearly just like an empty suit. <laughs> They're like, there's no like movement or weight to it. Whether it's just he's out. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so Casey Jones arrives and he saves the turtles. Hey, he does. He, he gives them time to escape the building, which have been set on fire during the conflict. 
And he fights on the foot and he overhears April's answering machine before the phone line burns out. It's from Pennington firing April from her job. And as a result, they all bugger off to April's old farmhouse in the countryside. Mm-hmm. And to, to end this episode, I think we're going to call this a two-parter. We're going to end this episode with um, back in the hideout of of, um, of Shredder, which and the Foot Clan, which all in all fairness is fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. You got arcade machines. You got looking skateboard ramps. It's like teenage Ben's wet dream going on. Children smoking. Yeah. Hey, you got any cigars? Are playing poker? A lot. It's fucking awesome. Mm. I'd join the foot clan if, you know, there's nothing else going on. For the skateboarding going on. And then, of course, you know, the sad thing is that the guy Shredder's appointed to train these kids to be teenage ninjas kind of does go to town on them a little bit and beat the shit out of them now and again, but that's only to toughen them up. Hmm. Isn't it? Well, you know. Or is it just child abuse? It's it's child abuse. No, oh, okay. Yeah. All <laughs> right then. So we'll call it there. The turtles have gone to April's farmhouse to, to train and meditate, and we'll carry that carry it on into part two. Okay, okay. All right. So that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with part two of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie review. I've been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't drink the flavor aid. Don't join a cult unless it's ours. I've been Gaz. Free Biff Tannen. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you.